This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Cheeseheads. Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's Curd and Law. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. Hey, it's Sparky Fighter, 1250 AM, The Fan, along with my guy Ryan Horvath, bought MGM tonight, part of the BetQL Radio Network. Follow him on Twitter at Ryan Horvath. Catch him with Nick Ashu and Trista Crick. Uh, weeknights while you're watching your favorite baseball game or basketball or football, whatever time of season it is, they're always there for you, giving you in-game betting advice and so forth and giving you, and really, you can also uh, listen to them go through their emotions of the games they bet on as good things happen and bad things happen to their bets, which is always fun. And the guy that I've not talked to forever, and I miss you so much, he is the godfather of fantasy football, our guy, Tom Kesnick, for years and years and years and years and years on WSSP, back from when we started. Uh, the manager of high-stakes fantasy games for the Sports Hub Games Network. He is Tom Kesnick. Follow him on Twitter at Tom Kesnick uh, as well. And when we talk about high stakes, we are talking about money. Like, for instance, I saw the other day, was it yesterday? And I was, I'm debating it. I was debating. It's probably gone now. You guys had a couple of keeper teams that were available for one of them that were a price of 250 normally, and you guys were saying you could get it for 150 if you wanted essentially to inherit one of your fantasy teams, what kind of money are we talking about that people are playing for here for uh, in some of the fantasy leagues that you have set up? Well, the entry fees start as low as $25. They go entry fees. Uh, they go all the way up though to $20,000 entry fees. So it runs a pretty wide gamut in our contest. That's 20,000. So. That's Horvat money. The $25, that's more okay. money. Well, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, they run the wide gamut. So the entry fees, go all over the spectrum so we got drafts we got auctions like you say we got keeper leagues so we we offer pretty much anything and everything that the fantasy football and baseball basketball hockey we offer all sports so right now of course we're really gearing up for football we'll have our live events coming up uh real soon in new york and las vegas but we've been drafting in football honestly sparky since uh february we launched our football contest the week after the Super Bowl ended. So wow. we've been going hardcore uh, for football for months. But now, really, we're really, you know, gearing up seriously for the football season. Obviously, training camp starting in a couple of weeks. So, you know, it's going to get really, really serious now uh, with the start of football coming up, uh, you know, just in a couple of weeks with training camps opening up. Tom, it's funny because I've been playing fantasy football since the fourth grade, and I'll never forget because we played grade school. Uh, we were lucky enough where one of my buddy's dads, he actually ran the league, and I'll never forget. Somehow I ended up with Brett Favre and Barry Sanders in the same league. I won it my <laughs> first year. But you would keep track. We would keep track of the score you know, pretty much by, by uh, you know, writing it all down, and it's just yeah. changed so much. So you know, you've been doing this for a long time. Do you prefer, because you brought up, you know, you guys have dynasty leagues, uh, you have keeper leagues. Do you prefer now playing 
you know, the traditional leagues, the dynasty type leagues, are you more into daily fantasy? You know, I have buddies right now that have actually dropped out of some of the leagues because they just, they can't keep up. They would rather play daily fantasy because, you know, if you commit to Christian McCaffrey, Justin Jefferson, because of injuries, you know, whereas daily fantasy, you get to pick a new team every Mm -hmm. week. Which do you prefer? Which route do you go now? Well, our company at Sports Hub, we do have uh, daily fantasy there called Fanball. So we do have in our company, we do have daily. So if you do like uh, DFS, we do offer that. Uh, The National Football Fantasy Championship, which I help run, the NFFC, that is more season-long. So I prefer season-long because I, I enjoy the strategy element of you know setting your lineups every week making pickups every week and and on the waiver wire i like the strategic element involved in the season-long contest that to me appeals to me the general manager aspect of it drafting and and all of that so i i really prefer that i you know i enjoy dfs so i i i you know will play that so i get it i like that i i understand the the appeal of that but for me, I, I prefer season long because the strategic element of drafting, putting a team together and managing that team over the course of an entire season, that really appeals to me personally. Uh, back in the day before I had kids, uh, I, I was in six, seven fantasy leagues at one point. And you know that you walked through that with me as I was doing that. You were in way more than I was six or seven. How many fantasy leagues are you in nowadays? As uh, You've gotten older and uh, maybe slow down yeah. a little bit, Tom. Slow and yeah, no, that's the correct way of putting it. No, I'm in far fewer leagues than I used to be years ago. I I can't do what I used to do. You know, we're getting older, Sparky. We were yes. talking about that off air before we went on the show. Yeah, I I can't do the the, the number of leagues that I used to do. I'm probably in uh, season long leagues that I manage, maybe six or seven. Oh, way uh, less. You used far- to be in like seventeen or twenty, right? No. Yeah, it's no, I can't do that. I can't do that anymore. Again, setting fab and and managing lineups on Sundays or, you know, Thursdays when the week starts. I just can't do that anymore. So it's maybe six or seven, you know, money leagues that I'm seriously, you know, focusing on every season. It's probably about six or seven. The biggest change change I really think in fantasy football the last couple of years is, you know, for a while, there was a run, uh, run on running backs. Now, especially in PPR leagues, you see wide receivers are flying off the board early. So yeah. this year, you know, just dive into it. When you look at the board and you see the running backs, you see a Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler who's looking to get paid, a Saquon Barkley who I'm guessing they're going to get something done before week one. The Giants, I think they have to. That's like 65% yep. of their offense. This year, where are you looking? Are you looking at the receivers like a Justin Jefferson or are you looking at maybe a Christian McCaffrey? Because I guess my concern for McCaffrey would be, you know, with a healthy Mitchell, maybe he splits some carries. I mean, he's probably going to get the majority, but uh, which way would you go this year? You know, for me, the top of the draft is is two wide receivers, Jefferson yeah. and Chase. That's for me, That if I'm picking there, if I got the number one pick, for example, I haven't decided between the two of them because I think it's a 1A, 1B situation. I Honestly, I prefer to have the second pick, so I don't have to make that decision. Now, if I had the second pick and somebody took McCaffrey – I still got to make now I got to make that right. decision, which I don't want to make because I love both of these guys. The quarterback advantage goes to Chase. Obviously, Burrow is just much better than Cousins, but it's a tough call. They're both great. I can't lose, but it's a tough call. I love them yeah. both. Um, I agree with you about McCaffrey. McCaffrey is fantastic, and we, we know how great he is. But I agree with you. If Elijah Mitchell is healthy, he is going to be involved. We saw that a year ago. When Elijah Mitchell was healthy, 
He was very much involved in that offense, and McCaffrey lost touches, and he lost premium touches near the goal line, which was a problem for McCaffrey. When Elijah Mitchell was healthy, Christian McCaffrey was like the eighth or ninth uh, scoring running back in PPR. He yeah. wasn't one or two or three. He was eighth or ninth in scoring. That's a huge difference. So if you're drafting him one, two, or three, and now all of a sudden he becomes the eighth or ninth running back off the board in scoring, that's a problem. Now, the, the other thing here with Elijah Mitchell is he can't stay healthy. So that's yeah. good news for Christian McCaffrey. But, it, again, you got to factor these things into your you know rankings and, and evaluations when you're taking McCaffrey. So at the top for me, it's Chase or Jefferson – and I really don't know which one. So if I was drafting 10 times, I'd split it up. I'd go Chase five times, Jefferson five times. But if I'm only drafting once, I don't know which way. I'd probably lean Jefferson, gun to my head right now. But I just don't know which way I'd go yet because I love them both. They're both great. Yeah. yeah. What about the rookie running backs that everybody criticized these NFL teams for taking in the first round? Bijan and, and Jameer Gibbs out of Alabama to the Lions. Uh, I like both of them. Um, and I was telling my 16-year-old today, I said, I want Bijan in the first, and if somehow or another he gets Jameer Gibbs gets to me in the second, I'll take him too. He's like, you're going to take two rookie running backs. I said, you're damn right I will. Yes, I will. Because I think both are going to get uh, a heavy workload with both those teams, Tom. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, well, I love Bijan too. And, and yeah, in the first round, without question, I, I like Bijan. Now, he's going late first round in our NFFC draft. So if I'm picking eight to 12, nine to 12 in that range, I got no problem with Bijan Robinson there. Now, Jameer Gibbs is going like in the fourth round. So if you like him in the second, you don't have to take him there. That's the beauty of Jameer Gibbs. You don't got to use a second round pick on him because he's going a couple rounds later. I do like him a lot. Now, David Montgomery is going to have a big role in Detroit. Keep that in mind. David Montgomery is a good running back. Not great, but good. And remember all those touchdowns Jamal Williams scored a year ago? Yeah. That's David Montgomery's role now. And Montgomery's a much better running back than Jamal Williams is, without question. So he's going to be their lead running back. He's going to be their goal line running back. Jameer Gibbs is going to be the passing game running back. They're going to use them both, and they're going to be able to split Jameer Gibbs out Use him as a wide receiver. Keep in mind, Jamison Williams is gone for the first six games of the season. He's going to be suspended. So they're going to be able to use Gibbs in the passing game a lot with Amon Ross St. Brown and use Gibbs out there in the passing game, keep Montgomery in the backfield. So they're going to use Gibbs, I think, a lot. Remember how the Saints used to use Reggie Bush back in the day yeah. as a satellite running back? I think you're going to see a lot of that with Jameer Gibbs. Tom, how do you feel about Tony Pollard coming into the season? Because he had to split carries with Ezekiel Elliott like the last couple of years. I didn't understand that. Now Zeke's yeah. gone. I feel like last year, um, you know, was really his breakout year. I believe he finished running back eight. And now he had that injury, but still, man, he had 12 touchdowns, over 1,300 yards. How are you? How do you feel about him coming into the season? You know, because he's got the injury, but he's the lone back now in Dallas. And I think that offense is going to be pretty good. Yeah, I like him a lot. I agree with you completely. I, I never understood 
their usage for him because yeah. he's clearly a better running back than Elliott was the last couple of years. Love Tony Pollard. Again, he's going like late second, early third in our draft. So if you do draft, if you get like an early pick, one or two, and you do get one of those top two wide receivers, you can pair them with Tony Pollard and then come back and maybe get a good wide receiver again to get two good wide receivers and Tony Pollard. I like that start a lot in a draft. So I love Tony Pollard. I think he's a terrific running back. The concern I would have, and it's mild, is that the Cowboys do re-sign Elliott before training before the season starts. Now, I don't think, even if they do that, I don't think Elliott has the same role he's had in the past couple of years. I think the backfield belongs to Tony Pollard. So I'm not overly concerned about that, but I think it's a mild concern. But I do love Tony Pollard a lot. Uh, and then one quick, uh, one more guy I wanted to ask you about because he's probably going to have the backfield to himself now with no Kareem Hunt. Nick Chubb, you know, I, I see a lot of people betting him offensive player of the year, but some of these fantasy boards, I see him as the sixth, seventh, even eighth running back off the board. Where are you at with Nick Chubb, you know, especially with Kareem Hunt gone this season? I, I love, first of all, he's a great running back. Yeah. Terrific running back. The problem with Nick Chubb is they do not use him in the passing game at all. He's only had one season in his career with more than 20 receptions, and that was 36, which isn't a great increase. And even when they weren't using Kareem Hunt last season, late in the year, when Watson came back, they weren't using Chubb in the passing game. So I don't think you can just all of a sudden go, well, Kareem Hunt's gone, they're going to throw more to Nick Chubb. I don't think we can extrapolate that. So I don't see Nick Chubb's role changing a great deal. Again, great running, terrific running back, maybe – top two or three in the game, but just not a guy who catches a lot of passes. So from fantasy, I just don't feel great about the guy. Love him as a talent, but for fantasy, he's going to rush for a lot of yards, probably score some good, a decent number of touchdowns. He usually gets, you know, 10, 10 or 12, but he's not going to get you the, the receiving yard number that you want for an elite RB one. So like him a lot, just don't feel great about him as an RB1. Would like him more in the third round than in the yeah. second where he typically goes. Talking with Tom Kesnick, manager of high-stakes fantasy games for the Sports Hub Games Network. Follow him on Twitter at Tom Kesnick. Of course, the godfather of fantasy was his nickname uh, on the Wendy's Big Show back in the day on SSP. Don't forget, you can download Curtin Long on your Odyssey app or wherever you download your favorite podcast. Also, you can check it out on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page uh, as well. I want to bring up, since we're talking running backs, I want to bring up another one because I've been doing these little mock drafts on the ESPN website or whatever else, and he's ranked very high. Uh, and I'm a Colts fan as well as a Packers fan, as we all know. And Jonathan Taylor is one uh, that I I don't know, man. I don't know where I'm at on him. That offensive line was trash last year. Now you have a rookie running, a rookie quarterback coming in who runs the ball better than he passes the ball by all indication uh, in Richardson. Uh, Pittman is nice, but he's not Chase or Jefferson as far as how talented he is necessarily at this point. So wh where where do you like Jonathan Taylor this year? Well, I, I do like him a lot. Um, now, he, right now he's going mid, mid to late second round in our drafts, but there was a lot of concern about the ankle injury coming off last year. Now, the Colts did clear him physically on Monday of this week, earlier in the week, so that's good news. Now, here's here's the positive positives for uh, Taylor. First of all, they've upgraded their offensive line. That's good news. And they were a good offensive line going into last season that just disappointed. Yep. So I think their line is going to be better. Second of all, 
mobile quarterbacks tend to help running backs. That's historically been proven to be true. Think about Vince Young, Chris Johnson back in the day, Lamar, uh, uh, and his J.K. Dobbins a couple of years ago. Uh, so I do think this is a plus for Taylor. Those are two big pluses. Uh, so I think Taylor's going to bounce back. And if his ADP holds mid to late second round, that's a great value. Right now, again, I like my approach right now ideally would be to get two really good wide receivers early in my drafts. But right now, you could start off an NFFC draft with Bijan Robinson and Jonathan Taylor, which to me would be a gold mine. It's not the ideal way I want to start my draft, but if you're going to give me Bijan Robinson and Jonathan Taylor to start my draft, there's no way in heck I'm saying no to that. I'm going to jump all over that to get two of those wide receivers, excuse me, two of those running backs, a, a elite rookie, and the guy who was the number one pick in fantasy football last year. I know he disappointed. But I don't think the talent is gone from Jonathan Taylor. So I would take that with in a heartbeat. Yeah, Tom, I'm with you. I love Justin Jefferson, love Jamar Chase. Uh, let's talk about some of these other wide receivers on top of the board because Cooper Cup's coming off another knee injury. Yep. You know, Tyree Kills, obviously fantastic. Stephon Diggs, there was something weird going on with him and Josh Allen, him and Buffalo, but he's back. Devontae Adams, we think Jimmy G is going to be throwing him the football. Who else are you looking at on top of the board? Because I feel like there's some value picks later on. You know, a guy like Garrett Wilson. We know like when Aaron Rodgers has his number one guy, he falls in love. And I, I could see him averaging 11 to 12 targets per game. Who are some other guys you're looking to take early if you're not fortunate enough uh, to pick early enough to end up with the Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase? Well, I, I, will, I do want to say one thing about Cup. Uh, yeah. Cooper Cup, a year ago, of course, remember how great he was in 2021, right? In my opinion, he was the NFL MVP. He should have been the MVP, not Aaron Rodgers. Should have been Cooper Cup. Before his injury last season, he was putting up the same numbers that he had in 2021. That's the season Cooper Cup was having. And I think people kind of forgot about that because he gets hurt, Matthew Stafford gets hurt, and the Rams just go to hell, right? They just yeah. completely implode. Everything goes wrong. Now he's healthy. Stafford's healthy. Now they got questions. Their offensive line's not good. But, they, but we know when Matthew Stafford's back there, and Cooper Cup's out wide, we know where the ball's going, right? It's going to Cooper Cup, and we know defenses can't stop that. That's been proven. It's been proven for a year and, a, and plus. It was proven in 2021 when they won the Super Bowl, and it was proven last season. Defenses can't stop the ball from going to Cooper Cup and going to Cooper Cup a lot. So you can make the argument that Cooper Cup should be the number three pick in fantasy football this year and he could be the number one player overall in fantasy football this year. So keep that in mind, and you're not drafting him there, right? Nobody's taking Cooper Cup number one. Yeah. So keep that in mind when you're picking four or five this year and Cooper Cup sitting there on the board. Okay, that's all I'm going to say about Cooper Cup. So now you get into the second round and those wide receivers are on the board, and you got Garrett Wilson, you got Waddle. Devontae Smith, Chris Olave, all the it's a deep, deep, deep position this year. So there's a lot of really good wide receivers that you can get. So remember that Debo Samuel is a guy I love. And you don't have to pay the second round price for Debo this year. You're paying a fourth round price for Debo this year. Kelvin Ridley is a guy I absolutely love this year. Yeah. The reason why, a couple of reasons. Number one, doesn't have to be the guy in Jacksonville like he had to be in Atlanta when Julio was gone, 
So I think without that pressure of being the one guy with all the talent he's got and a more emerging Trevor Lawrence, a good coach in Doug Peterson, target Calvin Ridley. I love Jerry Judy in Denver. Jerry Judy balled out last season with Russell Wilson playing like absolute horse manure. Yeah. With Sean Payton, if Russell Wilson improves even the slightest bit, Jerry Judy's going to be even better. So there's a couple of guys going a little bit later in drafts I like a lot this year. Okay, so I, I, I want to take another angle to this wide receiver thing because we, we talk about you know Waddle or Tyreek Hill, but you got to do that's a concussion away from being toast. Uh, and then how does that change the value of those two guys? Cooper Cup, Stafford, banged up uh, as always. Don't know how healthy he's going to be. For me, I start kind of think about that type of thing. If, if I'm going to take Waddle or Tyreek Hill early, it's okay. But what if Tua gets hurt? Because again, he's a concussion for maybe the career being over, depending on how bad the next concussion is at this point. Does that ever go through your head before you make a pick as far as the quarterbacks throwing the ball in the health situation? Of course, but there's there's going to be risk with a lot of picks. There's risk with McCaffrey, right? Yeah. I mean, how much risk was there with McCaffrey last season? Because he hadn't been able to stay healthy for how many years in a row, but he did stay healthy last season, and that paid off for everybody that took him with a top three pick last year. A lot of people were taking him number one overall, and it paid off. So, yeah, there's there's no question there's risk with Hill and Waddle because of what we saw with Tua last season. No question about that. There's risk with a guy like Debo because he's – had issues with durability, but that's baked into his ADP this year. It's not baked into the ADPs with Hill and Waddle. I agree with you completely. So, yeah, but there's going to be risk in fantasy football. But when you're playing in fantasy football, and especially in the NFFC where you're playing for a league that's got these big grand prizes like we have with, you know, our, our prime time, for example, it's got $250,000 grand prize and yep, so right. forth. You're playing for these big grand prizes, so you're willing to take assume that risk. Right. You're not playing necessarily playing it safe because you're, you're not going to win if you're playing it safe. You've got to take some chances here. Now, you can't go crazy and just, you know, bust out the 80, you know, throw the ADP completely out the window and go nuts. But I do think you've got to take some calculated chances at times and, and draft the talent. Tyreek Hill, supremely talented. Jalen Waddle, terrific talent. So I think you trust the talent, and then you understand. Yes, there's risk involved involved with Tua, but I got to take the I got to take that risk because Tyreek Hill is so darn good. He could win me two hundred fifty thousand if I take him in the first round. What round do you start looking to take a quarterback, and who are some that you should look early on? You know, obviously you have Jalen. You have I even like Anthony Richardson, especially if he's the week one starter, just because of what he could give you. You know, with this rushing ability, maybe off the bench. But, uh, you know, what round and uh, who are you looking at early this year? Well, that's the biggest change in fantasy football drafts this year. The elite quarterbacks are going earlier than ever before. The top three quarterbacks right now, Mahomes, Hurts, Josh Allen, are going in the first two rounds. We have not seen that in fantasy football in years. Patrick Mahomes is a first-round pick. Hurts, Allen going in the second round. All three are going in the top 20 of our NFFC drafts. Again, we haven't seen this in years. And then the next three guys are going usually before the end of round four. So again, we have not seen this in years. So that's a massive change in fantasy football drafts. So again, I think you have to get one of these top six, seven guys. That's my approach this year. So it's changed how I've built 
how I'm building my drafts and how I'm building my rosters this year because I've historically been a weight on quarterback guy, but I'm not doing that this year. I want to get one of those six, seven guys. I was talking about this on our serious show. I've talked about it on Twitter as well. My guy this year is Justin Fields. That's the guy I'm going after. Oh, God, God. Because I think yeah. of the Thank six you, or seven Thank guys, yeah. he's, the he's the guy who's being priced the lowest. I'm not going to get Mahomes because I'm not going to draft quarterback in the first round. Okay? Yeah. So of this six or seven guys, Fields is the one who I think's got the elite talent, but he's the, the, the one who's being priced the lowest. Okay? I love Joe Burrow, for example, but I'm not sure I want to spend a second or third round pick on a quarterback. But I can get Fields three or four rounds later. So he's the one I'm targeting. So it's all about cost. Not necessarily the guy I think's the best of the group. Mahomes is the best of the group, but I'm not going to spend the first round pick. See what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I'm glad you went with Fields because I mean, you look at you know quarterbacks with 20 yard runs last season. He went for over a thousand yards rushing, and you figure like the only regression I could see. I think Fields only gets better. I think the only regression would come yeah. maybe from the rushing numbers, and that's only maybe because the passing numbers go up. Because I love DJ Moore. Feel like DJ Moore. Where, where are you at with DJ Moore? Uh, one quick follow. Uh, you know, is he a later round guy in that offense? He's 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 very talented, but again, they're not a, a high octane passing game. They're not going to be yeah. there. They don't want him throwing the ball 30, 35 times a game. But I think they will be better in the passing game because they have him. I love Darnell Mooney. He's very talented, and they got Cole Komet. So they got three really good options in the passing game. So they need Fields to just be better, and I think he will be. So if they improve a little bit in the passing game, which I think they will, that could that should offset, you know, any regression if there is any in his rushing output. Now the good news for Fields is he will be Justin Fields for an entire season. For whatever reason, and I don't know what the reason is, they didn't let him be Justin Fields for the first month or so of the season last year. For example, the first Packers game, he wasn't Justin Fields. I don't know who that guy was in the quarterback playing quarterback for them, but it wasn't Justin Fields. And if it had been, the Bears probably beat the Packers that night because it wasn't Justin Fields playing quarterback for the Bears. But, you know, and remember, that game was closer than the final score indicated. But anyway, you know, Fields playing Fields ball with better wide receivers now should be a better situation for him fantasy-wise. He topped 200 yards passing twice all of last year. It has to be one of the worst passing quarterback years ever. In the history of he, had one, Sparky, he had one horrible. NFL wide receiver to throw the football to. Okay. One. It's still one, one NFL offensive lineman, maybe. All right, we'll see. He had one wide receiver to throw the football to, Sparky. He runs well. That wide receiver core was pure trash outside of Darnell Mooney. It was. I don't disagree with you. It's still horrible either way. So we'll see. We'll see how much better he gets. I'm just not there on that, dude, other than he can run the football. And the same thing, you know, with Anthony Richardson. We'll see if he can throw the football one way or the other uh, coming into the season other than running it. All right, I, I want to switch understand? over. Sparky, Sparky, yeah. Tim Tebow was a quarterback one in fantasy, and yeah. he was yeah. absolute garbage as an yes. NFL quarterback. Agreed. Yeah, I know. I know the difference in fantasy as far as he can run the ball, so you, you draft him. I'm just saying. You said they don't want him throwing the ball 30, 35 times a game. I wouldn't want him throwing the ball 20 times a game at this point. Uh, okay, well, let's talk a little bit about the tight end position here. You only got a few minutes left because uh, we haven't really got into the tight ends, and I know there's a lot of people wanting to know. Okay, so obviously we all know Kelsey's going one. Yep. Fine. Okay, after that, now where are where's the run on tight ends coming when you get into the draft, and who's that next group? 
Well, it begins with Mark Andrews, who's going about 30 picks after Kelsey. And then again, you've got tiers here. And, and because tight ends is really such a cluster. And it was last season after Kelsey. If you didn't have Kelsey, you were pretty much throwing darts at the board. So you yep. got Andrews, you got Hawkinson, and then you got another drop. After Hawkinson, you got about a two-round drop until you get to Kittle and uh, Waller and Pitts and Goddard, Engram. I mean, it's it's a dart throw. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, for me, what I'm doing is I'm pretty much waiting on, you know, the Waller, Pitts, Goddard, Engram group. That's the group I'm going to be diving into. I'm not – and I mean, unless I get like a fifth, sixth, seventh pick, and then I'll be in on Kelsey. But if not, if I don't get Kelsey – I'm waiting about 60 or so picks and going after the Waller, Pitts, Engram, Goddard group. You know, that's that's gonna be my I'm not going after Andrews. I love him, but I'm not I'm not drafting a tight end there. I like Hawkinson a lot, probably not going there. So I'm gonna be waiting, you know, until I get to about pick 60, 70 and going after that Goddard, Waller, Engram group. So pretty much if I can't get Travis Kelsey. It's a waiting game. I guess since it's a Packers podcast, I should probably ask you, a lot of people are going to want to know where to take Christian Watson, what to think, what to make maybe of Romeo Dobbs, because all the reports are that's Jordan Love's guy. They got a bunch of rookie tight ends. Is there anybody that, you know, that you would, who are you looking at? You know, Aaron Jones, the thing that concerns me about Aaron Jones is he never gets the touches, but maybe now that Rodgers is gone, he'll get more touches. AJ Dillon, who are you looking at in, uh, in your draft uh, from Green Bay? Well, I know what I think LaFleur should do. He should build the offense around Aaron Jones. Yes. But I don't know if he will. Aaron Jones is their best offensive player, and it's not even particularly close, in my opinion. Uh, and he should get the goal line touches again because he's one of the best goal line running backs in the NFL. So whether that happens remains to be seen. Um, so, But I do like Aaron Jones. I do think the touchdowns come back. I do think he should be more involved in the passing game. So I like him. And again, he's going about 50, 51, or 52 picks into the draft. So I think there's value. He's going later than he was going a year ago. So I think there's value. I like Christian Watson. I don't like where he's being drafted. I'd rather wait about three or four rounds later and take Dobbs. So I think of the two, Dobbs is the value. I don't like Christian Watson because I think he's going ahead of better wide receivers than him. So to me, Romeo Dubs is the, the value play. I, I'm not in on the rookie tight ends. Rookie tight ends almost never produce in fantasy. I certainly wouldn't want to tie myself to a rookie tight end with a first-year starting quarterback. So to me, an A.J. Dillon, no, A.J. Dillon is a tight end, excuse me, a touchdown dependent running back. Yeah. So I have no interest in him really. So to me, I think the values in this offense and Jordan Love, I guess as a quarterback two, I guess if you want to throw a dart, okay. But no, I have no real interest there. So to me, the values are Aaron Jones and Romeo Dubs. Oh, one quick follow, actually. What about Aaron Rodgers and anybody? Uh, what do you think he's going to look like this year? No? I have no interest in Aaron Rodgers with the Jets. Um, wow. I, I, I think he's a, a declining quarterback. I think we saw it. I think the stats back that up. Um, he's certainly on a better team with a better offense. Um, Garrett Wilson is a stud. I mean, he is a young Devontae Adams. Um, but I think we've seen that Aaron Rodgers is declining. I don't think a change of scenery is, is going to change the fact that he is a declining quarterback getting older. Tom, I, I want to know, we talked about the rookie running backs uh, towards the top there in, in Bijan and, and Gibbs. Any other rookies 
that, that you like uh, in the upper half of fantasy drafts uh, that are going ADP-wise pretty high? Well, they're not going necessarily very high, but, I mean, I love Jordan Addison. Uh, Jordan Addison in Minnesota, yeah. I like him a lot. He's gonna He should walk in and be their number two wide receiver. Now, number three in the passing game. I mean, clearly Jefferson is one, and Hawkinson, I think, will be two. But they need a third option badly in that passing game because they really had nothing last year. Thielen was declining, and they really had nothing after Jefferson and when Hawkinson came over. K.J. Osborne is just a guy. So they need a third option in that passing game, and I think Addison is very talented, and uh, I think he is going to be a big, big uh, uh, option in that passing game for them. And uh, then uh, Smith Najigba in uh, Seattle. Now, he's going to have to fight for targets, right? Metcalf and Lockett are terrific, one of the best wide receiver tandems in the NFL, but he is also very talented. Now, again, they're not an offense and wants to throw the ball all over the field. We know who Pete Carroll is. But Smith Najigba is very talented, so I think he's going to get his options there. But I don't like him as much as Addison. I think the Vikings are going to throw the ball a lot. So to me, Addison's a guy that I would I would absolutely be targeting in drafts this year. Tom Kessling, manager of High Stakes Fantasy Games for Sports Hub Games Network, the godfather of fantasy. Follow him on Twitter at Tom Kessling, a great follow. And you also have a radio show, like you mentioned earlier. Go ahead and give that a plug. Yeah, we're on uh, every Wednesday night uh, from uh, 10 p.m. Eastern to midnight on Sirius XM, so Fantasy Sports uh, Network. So if you want to hear us uh, every Wednesday night, uh, give us a listen, and uh, we do our best to keep things entertaining uh, throughout the uh, fantasy uh, sports season. So every Wednesday night. During the season, are you taking lineup questions like you used to do on the big show on that show or no? No, we don't. We don't take phone calls on, oh, on the series. That's so. a mistake. Grumpy Tom is the best Tom with these callers. Are you kidding me? That was the most entertaining part of the week for us. I can't be grumpy on serious. I, I leave that for you. <laughs> I'm very. But besides, I'm very cheerful. I'm such a happy guy. You are, yeah. And and, and you still stalking Jessica Alba in your free time? Is that still something you're doing? That was never proven. That was, that was <laughs> never proven. Follow him on Twitter at Tom Kesting, manager of High Stakes Fancy Games for Sports Hub Games Network. I miss him so much. Enjoy the rest of your day, everybody. Have a good one. Toodles! <laughs>